and full-time positions available with flexible scheduling. Come make a difference in people's lives and go to laurabaker.org slash careers to learn more and fill out an application today. And joining us now is uh, Northfield Schools Superintendent, uh, Dr. Matt Hillman. Uh, good morning, Matt. Thank you so much for coming in early today. I'm, yeah, it's great. It's a, I, I almost didn't come in because on, when I was driving here, you were saying that I might not have to come in. <laughs> but you do have, we were talking right before we went on the air, you do have some, some breaking news concerning uh, the uh, very thing that we're talking about, which is the education finance bill. And you can tell us that. What have you learned? It's exciting to get to break news on KYMN here, Jeff. Uh, uh, the Actually, the Senate debated uh, the, a number of bills overnight, including the K-12 education omnibus bill. Uh, there were some amendments and some uh, requests to send it back to the conference committee. And uh, at the end of the day, uh, just about an hour ago, uh, the Minnesota Senate, according to the Minnesota Senate information, social media accounts, the, the Senate passed HF 2497. That's the K-12 omnibus education bill, uh, 35 to 32. And so it will head to the governor's desk. That sounds like party line vote. Uh, you know, a party line vote would have been 34-33. Okay. So there was, you know, there was at least one change. Um, and so, again, just in the hour ago, you know, past in the hour, last hour, we haven't seen, you know, the voting roster or things like that. Mm-hmm. They also adjourned right after that because I think the senators could use some sleep. Yeah, I would imagine so. Well, let's presume that the basics of each uh, proposal came together will come together. Do you, well, well, they uh, did they, because uh, the conference committee the, bill that yeah. that is the, the what the Senate did is they used mm-hmm. the House version. So when both chambers pass the conference committee bill, that is the combined okay. bill that will go to the governor's desk. Okay, more so, than three hundred pages. Ooh. Wow. Let's talk about that. Uh, and first of all, what are the highlights? And, and when we're talking here, you know, in, in relation to, you know, not only the greater state, but in particular Northfield, what effect will that have on Northfield School District? I think, first of all, this is a sweeping bill. And I, and I don't think that's being dramatic. There's a tremendous amount of both finance and policy uh, that are in this bill. Uh, that's going to take some time, right, for just everyone to unpack and be able to understand how it moves from legislation uh, into action in schools. But the finance part is something uh, that there's a number of pieces of good news for us. Uh, The per pupil formula, right, that's the amount of money that we get for each student, will increase by 4% in the first year of the biennium, second, or 2% in the second year of the biennium. And what is a huge win, Jeff, something that we have been working on literally for decades as the Minnesota School Association of School Administrators, other education lobbying groups, uh, the basic formula will be indexed to inflation. And just going back, if we go back 30 years, and if the formula had just been indexed to inflation over the last 30 years, Northfield schools this year would have had a little more than $6.5 million of additional revenue. And we've talked about, you know, uh, budget issues that lots of school districts have had. So, Tying the formula to inflation has been a goal for many years. It is a a tight window, so the floor for that on an annual basis, they will calculate that. The Department of Education is required to calculate that in January, give that report to schools. Um, The minimum increase would be 2%, and the maximum increase would be 3%. They are tying it to the CPI, the Consumer Price uh, Index. And so this is really huge news for school districts. The practical impact of that is that it will allow us to plan more than a couple of years out. And so um, as with any change, I'm sure there will be some uh, new learning that we have and and how do you use that moving ahead. Uh, But 
the bottom line is that we are going to be able to do some longer term planning, which is good for it's it's just it's just good business. And so uh, I couldn't be more thrilled and, and grateful uh, to the Minnesota legislature for passing that. We expect the governor will sign it. Uh, so I think that for Northfield schools, you know, what that will mean is that uh, right away uh, in the first year, uh, we are looking at about uh, a $1.1 million increase in revenue from the basic formula. Um, and in the second year, it'll be about another half million dollars in terms of that 2%, right? So 4% then 2% and then inflation uh, after that. And so this is really a great piece for structural reform of education finance in Minnesota. Um, and we're just couldn't be more thrilled to see that that has passed. It's going to be very helpful. Uh, special education cross subsidy, uh, that is something that we have talked about many, many times. And just to um, renew listeners' previous learning, uh, the special education cross subsidy is the amount of money that we pay from the general fund to pay for uh, legally required, and I'd argue morally imperative service uh, services to students with disabilities for which we are not reimbursed. And in the first uh, couple of years, that will be reimbursed at 44%. Um, so for next year, what that means for Northfield schools, it will be about a, another $1.7 million in revenue. Now, those two things I want to pause for a moment, and I want to just come back to something that I've said before. This is back pay. This is correcting structural flaws that have hampered school finance for years. So this is a, uh, a structural correction that is going to start providing us what I consider to be back pay. Uh, there are also a number of other things that are in this bill. We don't have time to go into all of them. Um, there's some additional uh, aid for English language learners, that cross-subsidy, because we pay more for those services than what we get from the state. Um, another piece that is, I think, substantial for school districts in Minnesota is that the conference committee report included a board authority to renew an existing operating levy referendum. This is a huge thing. Jeff, you and I have talked many times when we have run referenda in this community about how much community engagement we do, how much work we do. And what we know in Minnesota is that nearly every single operating levy renewal is passed by the public. So the bill that uh, allows school boards to renew one time, they can only renew an operating levy one time, uh, and they can only renew it at the same exact terms and conditions that the voters approved it with. So uh, the school board, through a process, there has to be a public hearing, um, but the school board can renew one time an existing operating levy. And this is another huge thing for schools to be able to predict uh, their finances over a, a period of time. So that's a huge thing for all school districts. It's a big thing here in Northfield as well. Uh, you know, we have a 10-year levy that's at the maximum allowed by law with an inflationary factor. So um, that's a big thing for us to be able to plan moving forward. You can never assume that something like that's going to be in your budget. So we're very grateful that that is moving forward. Um, so I'll stop there, Jeff, and see what questions you might have. Well, you know, Northfield, and as you know very well, you have been over the course of really this last school year, maybe even longer, uh, since the predictions have come out, the democratic, uh, demographic predictions that Northfield is going to be losing some students. Yep. You've been looking at areas to cut, what to fund, what to not fund, where can we trim a, uh, trim the budget a little bit. How is this going to affect this in the short term? And by that, I mean the 2023-24 school year. Will there be any uh, any changes? 
it will have very limited impact, Jeff. Mm -hmm. As we told the community when we were making uh, budget reductions this spring, we had two years of budget reductions. And when I was on the radio here the last time, I shared that we've proposed our first uh, budget that will not be deficit spend since just prior to the pandemic. So we had that time in the pandemic where we proposed a couple of uh, deficit spend budgets, planned use of our fund balance. What we need to do is replenish and we need to really solidify our, our financial situation so that we're ready to meet the future head on. So uh, while there certainly could be provide some greater flexibility for some things that might have been unknown, right, as we were doing the budget uh, this spring, we don't plan to restore anything at this point. Again, I want to emphasize this increase is back pay. Um, this is what they have been shorting public school districts for nearly three decades. And so we're so grateful that this has been structurally fixed in, in some ways, right? There's always room for improvement. The, you know, we'll, we'll, we will come back with some additional improvement in the next session. Uh, but the key thing about tying the formula to inflation, just the power of that compounding over time is such a huge thing for school districts. It allows us to plan better. Um, and then the special education cross subsidy at 44% in the first couple of years. It will get to 50% as Rich reported a few minutes ago, but not not for a couple of years out. So those are big structural changes um, that are really helpful. Again, it's going to solidify our finances. It's not going to allow us to do anything massive in terms of restoring things that have been lost to this point because those were a result, were a result of chronic underfunding and declining enrollment. And so um, we still have a declining enrollment issue, so that still makes has some pressure on our budget. But this is a good day, and we're just grateful for the legislature. We look forward to the governor signing the bill. There's there's a lot of other things in the bill, too. It's uh, 300 pages. It's not just those items. <laughs> yeah, that's what I meant. We uh, mentioned at the top, of, or you mentioned at the top of the uh, the show here, we... Uh, it's a it's a large omnibus bill. There's 300 pages. Yeah, two point two billion dollars worth of spending. Is this all uh, spending? Does this all have to do with finance? Are there policy bills in there? Is there anything policy wise that kind of stands out? There um, is a lot of policy, and very little policy doesn't have a financial impact. And so this is where we see um, underfunded or unfunded mandates. Uh, to me, really, it looks like it's more going to be on the underfunded side uh, at this point. And so there are some new policy that I think a revolutionary uh, part of this bill is something that's called the Reed Act, which I think might be one of the better pieces of legislation that has been produced in some time. Uh, I know that the committee that produced that legislation did a lot of boots on the ground work with teachers and administrators and um, experts in the field of teaching reading. And so the READ Act, as we start to, and fr frankly, as we do the initial read of the bill, Norfield schools are ahead of this. Uh, they're talking about structured literacy. What we've talked about is the science of reading. Uh, it's it's going to be rebranded as structured literacy. Norfield School District is ahead of that game with nearly 60 teachers who have already uh, started the process of the, the really robust letters training, language essentials for teachers of reading and spelling. So there's really some really great statewide um, work that's going to happen on literacy uh, to make sure that every student can read well by the end of third grade. It's such a huge, um, it's a huge data point that we look at because we know if you're strong in your reading skills at the end of third grade, the world is your oyster, right? Um, especially here in Northfield, we have such an excellent education system just superstar teachers. If you have the, the ability to read well, you can, the sky is the limit and whatever your version of the American dream is, you have a really good chance to achieve it. So the Read Act is another part. There are some things that are new that are going to take some time for us to adjust. Um, hourly school workers are now eligible for unemployment uh, in the summertime and there's some funding to help 
uh, pay for that in the f- at least in the first year. And there's still a lot of question. You know, we have a lot of summer work that we offer to our hourly summer workers. What would be considered comparable enough to where um, they either would or wouldn't qualify for unemployment? Um, I, this is something that I turned around on. I think you know we have other fields where people have off seasons, if you will, and. Uh, those folks have been eligible for unemployment. It stands to reason that uh, with some seasonal uh, or there's less hours or no hours seasonally for some of our hourly school employment workers, it just seems fair. But of course, we wanted a pay-as-you-go plan and we got some of that, at least some money in year one. We're going to learn how DEED, uh, Department of Economic Development, Development is going to handle that, what what constitutes comparable work. That's some questions uh, that we're looking for. Um, again, we talked about EL support. There's some uh, money for something that's called multi-tiered systems of support. That's how we respond and help students um, who aren't at grade level, uh, that the grade level that they should be at this point, and what are the interventions that we can do. So there's some money in for that. Um, there's also some continued uh, expansion of the Grow Your Own uh, grants to be able to try to further diversify or diversify our Minnesota uh, teaching workforce. Um, so there's there's quite a few. It, it's really all over the board. There's some money, $24 million for uh, building and cybersecurity grants that, of course, we know that that's a major issue across the, the country right now, too. So there's a tremendous, anytime they increase the transportation sparsity revenue, that's always a good sign. And uh, we get a little bit of money out of that. Not not a ton, but we get a little bit of money out, out of that. Um, so really, there's a lot of really good things that happened uh, at the legislature. I think that there was a lot of listening that happened in terms of um, from educational organizations about ways to improve the bills. And of course, legislation is imperfect, Jeff, right? Um, I, I'm a big fan of the quote by um, uh, a management expert named Peter Senge, who says, today's problems are caused by yesterday's solutions. So I'm sure that these solutions will cause us some, some challenges down the road. But from what we have talked about, structural fixes, uh, we made some really great headway and we look forward to the governor signing the bill. Superintendent Hillman is uh, with us. We're talking about the education bill that just passed out of the Senate a couple of hours ago. Uh, let's uh, uh, one one final question for you is: When does this take effect? I know your your uh, fiscal year is about ready to end here in midsummer. Does it start at that point, or is it first of next year? Or? So it depends on the part of the bill. Um, mm-hmm. There's quite a few things that do that are in effect for our next fiscal year. That's one of the reasons that the legislature has their sunny die uh, requirement to be uh, in May. And so there's about six weeks to you know to get those things started before the new fiscal year. We actually don't start getting our revenue you know until the school year. So um, and then there's a number of corrections over time. So the the state can correct uh, you know what they have provided us for up to a three year period. So yes, this will go into effect for twenty three twenty four. Um, most of the finance pieces will. There are some other things that are either uh, there's a gradual um, implementation or things that are happening on a particular date, right? So for example, uh, the um, the re- op board uh, operating levy renewal that goes into effect the day the governor signs the bill. So it's it's a variety of different starting dates. The bulk of it, the finance, good for 23-24. All right. Superintendent Hillman, thank you so much for joining us. Much appreciated. Uh, and we'll talk to you again probably next week. You got it. It's my pleasure. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Jeff. Superintendent of Schools, Dr. Matt Hillman. You're listening to 95.1 FM and AM 1080, KYMN Northfield. We've got... Uh, Uh, Rich coming in in just a few minutes, or just a minute or so, he's actually next up. He'll have a look at uh, uh, local news. We'll also take a look at sports. Uh, We have uh, Bob with the weather and Northfield Mayor Rhonda Pownell, City Administrator Ben Marding all joining us.
Here's local news. Today's news update is brought to you by Merchants Bank, continuing the tradition of high-quality customer service and community involvement. Good morning from the KYMN Newsroom. I'm Rich Larson on FM 95.1 and AM 1080. On Tuesday night, the Northfield City Council heard a presentation about and discussed Phase 2 of the Downtown Flood Study. Joe Walm of Bar Engineering first explained to the council